Thank you for joining the Once Changing the World, which is India's first Future Tech Meets Sustainability podcast. And today, I'm truly delighted and honored to have with me Dr. L. Venkata Subramanian, who's an IBM Master Inventor, Quantum Distinguished Ambassador. His focus has been on AI reasoning and quantum AI plus ML. His vision is to set up quantum computing as a leading area of research in India. Dr. Venkat has contributed and led to 64 products, 34 patents, 150 papers and 2,900 citations. So Dr. Really appreciate and I'm truly honored to have you on a humble podcast. Uh, this is something obviously which I've pulled out the, uh, the internet will really appreciate if you give uh, can give a brief introduction and background. Thank you so much, Eddie. It's really an honor to be here, you know, in the new year, a new start. And I'm really happy to be speaking to you here. Thank you very much. And I've seen some of the work you've done excellent work you know thank you for bringing all the you know science and art and all those things to the front you know so thank you um so yeah i mean i i've been with ibm almost 25 years now uh, when the ibm research started in india i was one of the first few employees uh, in ibm research i've worked in various areas primarily in ai machine learning and now quantum, uh, which I lead for uh, IBM Research India today. We're going to talk about AI and machine learning, but quantum computing, you know, it's it's, it's the it's the big thing. It's the next frontier of, of computing. You know, we are, we're going to go from bits uh, to atoms, you know, to, to qubits. So it, it, it's a super exciting space, but that's the space which becomes completely, you know, non-intuitive, you know, because what's happening in the quantum world is, is really funky. So it, it, would you kind of explain what is a quantum computer in a layman's turn? So, so everybody kind of understand what quantum computer is. Yeah, sure. So, see, Eddie, for the first time in history, okay, there are now two different types of computing available to us. You know, so the, from, since the 1940s up to now, we had one paradigm of computing based on the bits, like you said, right? So, we had the, you know, the analog computers, then the digital then we've been coming into this uh, whole AI world. But all of that was built on the zeros and ones, right? For the first time now, we have a very entirely different kind of computing. So it's not a new kind of computer. You know, it's not an extension of the ex existing computers. It's not a new kind of supercomputer using bits. It's a completely new computing paradigm. Okay, so... And as you rightly said, it's not using zeros and ones, but it is using what are called quantum uh, bits or qubits. Okay, so qubits is what is the uh, what is used in quantum computers. At this point, quantum computers are you know they they are kept in very cold temperatures, lower than anywhere in the universe. You know, very close to zero Kelvin. Um, and they use subatomic particles to compute, okay? So subatomic particles, whether it is photons, electrons, you know, so these are the particles which are being used now to do that computation. And these particles have very special properties, okay? They, they have properties called superposition, entanglement, which makes it very special in the sense that, you know, the same particle can be in multiple states at the at the same time. Multiple particles can be entangled, which means they behave very similarly to each other. 
and using these you know new principles or you know well not new it's been there for a while now but this principle is be, what is being used in quantum computers and that's what makes it powerful because you are now using these very uh, you know extremely very um, properties which like you said are very special less understood it even confounded you know einstein um, you might have heard about the nobel prize this year right 2022 1935 einstein said it's not possible there has to be something more to quantum mechanics to explain this phenomena and it took us this long to get to point where we are you know not only disproving einstein but also using that property to for computation non intuitive part of uh... mm. quantum computing is something which uh, i think the entire world is still trying to wrap its head around you know right from the superposition to entanglement you know how does it do that you know because so so you mentioned that you know our traditional computing we compute with uh, bits and now it's a completely new paradigm because we going to be computing with the source code of life uh, atoms Uh, we, we are all made out, out of atoms and, and atoms there there has been like you said the, the superposition entanglement is so fizzy i mean as soon as you get into it you know you get into the conversation of, of like a very like a woo woo woo, woo zone so i I'm, i don't want to get in there uh ibm ibm has been vested in quantum computing and obviously i mean because it's going to be the future uh, once we get like a proper working quantum computer it, it's going to completely redefine how we communicate how we do we do transaction uh, how we do simulations and and so on and so forth would you like to share the journey of ibm in in the quantum computing space you know from uh, it, its first quantum computer to today which i think in 2022 you uh, unveiled osprey which is the world's largest quantum computer at 433 qubits so so maybe talk about uh, the journey of ibm quantum computer to its 40 433 qubits what does it mean and, and somewhere on the news i'd also read that ibm promises a 1000 qubit machine by 2023 so maybe you you can summarize from the start to uh, the 433 yeah. qubits to when is going to go to uh, uh, 1000 qubit what would it mean sure okay so uh, so a quantum computer okay it's measured on three parameters okay one is the number of qubits okay which you like you rightly pointed out it has reached 433 right and just last year it was just over 100 okay 127 so times 3 you know in a year it has gone up by three times right the the other measure is what is called quantum volume okay quantum volume is how many qubits and what is the depth of this circuit or the program that you can write on a quantum computer a single program to execute that right and that has gone up four times in a year okay from last year that it it's now at 512 okay so that's where we are um the the other is the speed you know how many circuits can you run in a uh, you know in 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 a in a second right and that has gone up to 15k a times 10 improvement in just one year okay so i i'm i'm pointing this out because you know we we all know moore's law right moore's law 
every two years classical computers have been doubling in power okay in some sense that's been happening in in um, quantum what is happening is every year it's doubling you know in fact this quantum volume that quantum volume which is a measure of circuits right that has been more I mean, well it has been more than doubling as since last right it's now at 512 right so what has happened is you know in 2016 ibm put the first quantum computer on the cloud right and that's the, the that allowed anyone in the world to access a quantum computer three very interesting things are happening i think we'll discuss that in a bit but cloud computing enabled people to access a real quantum computer not a simulator an actual quantum computer over the cloud right and write programs on it you know you could execute something sitting here in india and it would run on this quantum computer give you its results you could see that it's noisy it's so you know everything it even lets you do pulse level control you know control the qubits so that is the that is where we have reached since 2016 right 2016 the first quantum computer was put on the cloud and now in 2022 we have reached a point where we are at 400 plus we are doubling every year the quantum volume the number of qubits like you said this year 2023 ibm is going to come out with 1000 plus qubits and the other very interesting thing that's going to happen now is that you know ibm is going to modularize these chips so what does that mean today these chips are sitting independent of each other you know a 1000 qubit when uh, or, or the 433 that came out this year you cannot connect it to another 433 but what's going to happen next year is that you are going to be able to connect multiple chips together and that's going to accelerate you know how the number of qubits that you're going to have right the other very interesting announcement that's come out from ibm is that you're going to be able to do a 100 cross 100 um execution on your um, on the ibm quantum computers where that circuit will run in a day's time which means 100 qubits and the circuit depth is uh, 100 you know uh, is 100 so you're going to be able to now they're re reaching a realm where we will be very soon be able to do things which we cannot do on classical computers you know classical computers as we know do simulate quantum computers up to let's say 20 qubits 25 30 qubits maybe that's where it is but now that we have crossed this 100 crossed 400 i think it's now for the algorithm people for the people who are actually working on applications you know to figure out what can i do with this quantum computer now you know because it's reached a point where it has become very interesting it is able to do things that i possibly cannot do on my classical computer and that's where we are right and this journey like you you know uh, like you asked me to say it started about um, well in the 90s ibm started demonstrating on very small qubit devices that you know we can execute some of the known algorithms like the grovers at that time right you can implement it to a small extent on these little qubit devices 
2016 it was put out on the cloud and 2017 we started you know um, we formed what is the ibm quantum network which means you know industry partners academic partners all of them start working with us and today there are 200 plus uh, such partners that we have including iit madras which just joined you know 2 3 months back which was the first institution from india in the uh, ibm quantum network how cool is that so you are saying we have transitioned into that exponential world where things are growing exponentially you mentioned that from 100 qubits to 433 qubits it 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 was three times higher quantum volume is going four times higher uh, the speed is going by 15k per year uh, you have also put it out uh, on a cloud since 2016 so that people can access it and write programs you are modularizing the chip and instead of just the 433 qubits now you can multiply it and add it to uh, you know and make it uh, exponential and and so how cool is this now what does this actually mean for you you're saying the hardware is pretty much sorted now it's it's for the software guys to come and build o- over it so what does it mean what are the applications we can build right now okay so uh, the hardware is not sorted okay so it is still getting you know sorted there is the problem of error you know error is there quantum bits are not are very error prone today okay they have a coherence time also you know which means that they lose their state in a few millise um, microseconds right so the, the 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 thing is that the hardware is not yet sorted it is still getting sorted but it is now available at a level where somebody a user can start doing interesting things with it and uh, so let me introduce another term which is quantum advantage which uh, ibm calls quantum advantage which is that you can use quantum computers to do something interesting where it does something much much more faster or more efficiently compared to anything that the classical can do today right so that's quantum advantage and we haven't reached there yet okay so there was this google supremacy ex- experiment uh people have contested that various things happening but the what ibm is saying you know uh, quantum advantage is where you actually take a real life problem a business problem and demonstrate that you can do it much much better on a quantum computer are we there yet we aren't there yet but like i said the hardware is reaching a point where you know we are having enough qubits to start looking at some of the tough problems what are the tough problems you know so some of the tough problems which you, people have been talking about one is you know nature simulation right which classical will never be able to do why because nature is quantum mechanical in nature right and with the small as i said you can simulate only up to 20 30 qubits beyond that it, it's not possible so now with the higher qubit devices available it is now time for people to start thinking how can i simulate nature in a way where it i can do special things which i can't do with classical computers right so that's one the other is uh, things like machine learning 
So machine learning itself has reached an inflection point. So you would have seen, you know, this uh, chat GPT, you know, this foundation models. This is a, a very, very clear inflection point for AI also. You know, what has it done? It has brought in unsupervised models into the play. You know, you don't have to supervise. You have this large data, you train your model on it, and then you, uh, you know, use that model for various tasks. You know, you retrain it for using smaller amounts of data. And now again, quantum enters here, you know, so quantum has other advantages. It's able to work in a higher dimensional space in, in, uh, for AI. So it's able to do, you know, much better data classification, for example, where you're able to draw boundaries between classes. So a class is what, like um, cat, dog. So how does AI work? You show it lots of examples of cats, lots of examples of dogs, okay? And it forms this. But if cat, dog, you know, you, you keep adding more and more animals and some of them are very, very similar, the boundary becomes very tough to draw, right? But what quantum brings is that it's working in a much higher dimension. So what happens is it's able to draw these boundaries much better like you and me do. You know, we humans use much lesser data to train ourselves. And we also are able to do better, you know, um, distinguishing between elements, right? We are also a general AI animal because we are able to, you know, generalize AI. We learn one thing, we are able to apply it on something. And so, so AI has entered that realm with these foundational models today. And what is very exciting for me, you know, coming from that AI background is that quantum is now going to help us push those boundaries. It's going to, uh, for example, do better classification, faster, you know, maybe training, uh, learning from lesser data. And we're already starting to see some of that evidence, right? And then things like, you know, where can you apply all this? You can, AI is getting applied everywhere, right? But quantum, as I said, nature simulation is definitely one big, 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 you know, uh, area. The second is, you know, th things like um, computationally intensive problems like finance, you know, how much should RBI increase the, uh, you know, the, the interest rates. So if they were able to simulate, let's say I increase it by 50 basis points, 25 basis points, what happens to the economy? What happens to the GDP? What happens to the, uh, you know, the, the uh, um, various other uh, economic parameters? If I'm able to simulate that, today I'm not able to do it on a classical computer because of the complexity of this problem. It involves very, very many parameters and I'm not able to do it or using today's uh, classical computers. But quantum offers me that, you know, uh, opportunity to solve some of these very tough problems, whether it is from climate, whether it is from finance, whether it is from uh, drug discovery, because, you know, drugs, as you know, are molecules again. So a drug is a new material made out of molecules and molecules, as you know, work, uh, that's uh, quantum mechanical in nature. So very, very exciting areas now open up. And it's a, a and and the other very interesting thing which I'm now seeing is quantum makes it interdisciplinary. You know, earlier what was happening was you know, uh, computer science was sort of 
overwhelming everything else especially in india if you see you know we had we were producing million plus computer scientists and what was the number of others civil mechanical science all these very small and even those people were going into computer science right now what's happening is suddenly you know physics is hot um, because of quantum right chemistry is hot because you you it's all you know molecules and nature and all of that and this really presents a beautiful opportunity for india also you know that we produce all these graduates and we were all sending them to become computer scientists but now here is an opportunity to spread ourselves into many other domains and make a big impact right so so exciting times i, I want to probe you you mentioned you know what that we are general ai animal so we don't want to you know probe on, and talk a little bit about you know the 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 quantum uh, ai you know but i, I want to get get on to that later i want to stick to the, the 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 quantum computing bit only because you mentioned about you know simulating nature and richard feynman uh, richard feynman said that nature is quantum and if you want to simulate nature you better build a, a quantum computer so and there are physicists who have created a holographic wormhole using a, a quantum computer so maybe maybe talk about that and while you are at it you you could also talk about what does that 433 qubit mean as in is ibm doing some work or, or something that you can share with the general public so some of the areas that my team and our our collaborators here and also as i said we are working with several of the indian academic institutions iit madras which just joined the uh, ibm quantum network so we are definitely looking at new areas where we can apply this things like protein folding you know so where you know you can use the molecular properties but of course a protein is now a system it's much more than many molecules put together how is that going to behave um, we are also trying to look at indian finance problems you know like like i mentioned because sometimes you know india has india throws up very interesting uh, you know and complex problems so how does a bank now work to ensure that you know it is profitable but it's at, at the same time you know doing some of these things which which is required of it right these small loans and and all those things and it's always very tough to model that you know for for somebody who is salaried it's very easy to decide do i give this person a loan or do i not give this person a loan right and the i can also go and get this you know the, the money back from them if they don't do it because i i have mechanisms to do that but from a small farmer or a person who does not give me any sort of collateral who doesn't have a regular salary how do i model that you know how do i decide what is the amount of uh, you know uh, that i can invest in this part of this thing and those are things that you can simulate now i mean you cannot do it yet okay but these are interesting things as the number of qubits keeps increasing these are things that you now see that okay there is a problem here and i want to you know i i can't do it using just classical alone so what are the hybrid techniques i can now bring in hybrid meaning i combine ai classical and quantum to solve some of these problems i take advantage of the fact that you know for example that quantum lets me uh, maybe train with lesser data maybe it is able to you know give me better classification so 
how do I use these properties, combine it with what is strong on classical today and take advantage of these 433 noisy qubits that are there. So yes, these are things we are definitely working on, but no results to share yet. But hopefully that breakthrough is going to almost every, almost every. Yeah, so, so I really looking forward for that. And I'm sure it's going to come very, very soon. Now, uh, obviously, there are little downsides of this, you know, because, you know, when when, when we're working with, with the traditional systems, you know, that the, the it's it still you can't break those encryption, you know, but once we have a, a, a working quantum computer, it says, or, or, or at least the assumption is that that it would break all encryption, you know. So for a banking industry, how, how can they be safe, uh, you know, with uh, quantum computing? And and since you mentioned about the finance also, and, and today uh, the data is the new oil, you know, and through data you can pass that, you know, trillions of whatever petabytes of data and you can come up with something really interesting in the finance industry do you see that you know ai with quantum computing tomorrow we can build these algorithms where you then you you take the human out of the loop completely do you see that as a possibility so so on the first one the security yes i mean there is eventually going to be uh, a problem uh, because the encryption schemes that we are using today will definitely come under attack okay there is already fear that you know some of our for example in the government circles that uh, some of our indian national you know data whether it's defense government uh, some of this could be just people could be just collecting it today we don't have a quantum computer which can break this yet but they are just collecting waiting for the day the quantum computer is powerful enough and that time they are able to see the secrets, right? Because government secrets, defense secrets, you know, uh, pharma secrets, health secrets, these are not secrets for two years, three years. They are sometimes secrets for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, you know. And it is possible that somebody is collecting that data and storing it and waiting for the day, you know, in the next 5, 10, 15 years to just look at all of it, you know, he you, have, you are able to see everything, right? All the secrets, right? So there is that fear. But the good news is there are now techniques, post-quantum cryptography techniques, quantum safe. Um, NIST came out with four standards. This year, three of them were contributions from IBM. But what this means is there are now techniques to secure ourselves. This is also a beautiful opportunity for India again to, because this, I don't know, Y2K, you would have heard about it, you know, the year 2000, all the computers, we had to change their, uh, you know, the the, the clock uh, the date uh, thing there. And that gave a big boost to the Indian IT industry, right? Similarly, you know, this, so IBM, we call it YQK, the YQ for quantum and K. We don't know when it is coming, but it's coming, right? And here is a beautiful opportunity again for the Indian, you know, developer community to help the world to make sure that we are secure and, uh, you know, we are able to, the world is able to, you know, face up to this challenge, right? 
so that's one right the other like you mentioned what is the role of humans right so uh, you i'm sure everybody has tried chat gpt and i i see even my kids now talking about chat gpt you know they they say uh, their teacher gave homework and they're saying oh i can go and ask chat gpt and it will do am i allowed to do that there are several you know questions which are coming up and uh, Uh, i remember you know when i was in college you know calculator was a big thing there was a big debate whether we should be allowed calculators into exams or they should not be allowed so there was that debate and now we are at a point where you know you have this chat gpt which can you know answer a lot of questions and write reports and do homework and all those things right so but what and and with quantum you know like you said in the industry right let's say like you took the example of finance right in finance what is the role of humans there now right so the humans are not going to go away right that's not going to happen but more and more what you're going to see is that you're going to have interactions closer interactions between humans and machines right uh, so the bank official is going to have much more sophisticated tools at their disposal so for example i gave the example of this uh, giving loans right to, to a farmer who doesn't have any kind of credit history right do i give this person a loan or not today the banker relies on intuition you know some understanding he looks at the address he looks at the person does he look trustworthy that's going to continue but now he is going to have much more data also you know where the data is going to help him to make that decision right so so there is going to be a larger and larger interplay between humans and these machines uh, which is going to hopefully you know drive these things much faster better you know it helps our economy grow faster it helps we have this you know the the the, the our um uh, we have so many youngsters you know we have one of the youngest populations so it offers them an opportunity now to move beyond you know this uh, manual kind of uh, work or anything that they might be doing to things where you know the computer is helping them to solve some of these tougher tasks that are there as a nation for us so you are mentioning about your children uh using gpt and, and you also pointed out the evolution of mankind you know earlier there were you know we moved from typewriters to calculators now computers and today we have like a a, 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 a almost like a computer in in a pocket it's just that we don't call it a, a computer and and we and we pretty much cannot do anything without it and and you mentioned about chat gpt uh, then there's generative ai which is doing text to speech text to 3d text to video that is meta which is working on generating these virtual worlds out of just prompts so yes there is this one side which is is scary but i think we need to take this throw the negative conversation ahead and, and move on with the positive conversation that here we have this man machine convergence where we can leverage the tool of technology and, and create a better future whether it's for individual consumers businesses government 
truly for the first time we have the opportunity to access all of the knowledge through these tools and build on on it so super exciting times now you have been a proponent for quantum computing in india and in you're really driving the conversation when it comes to quantum computing in india uh china is leading the space when it comes to quantum computing there's america there's canada which i think is doing some really fantastic things where does india stand at this point of time because obviously it's uh, uh, allocated uh, the national mission on quantum uh, computing technology and application which is allocated somewhere around 8000 crores uh could could you talk about the indian ecosystem and what according to you india should do or or the developer the the community should do to drive this conversation of making us quantum ready yeah so th- that's a actually a very important question that we as indians need to look at okay so here is a new computing paradigm which can help us you know grow leapfrog okay and how are we going to use it right so that's a big question for all of us now i'll give you you know three four examples right so one is let's look at our space program let's look at our uh, nuclear program let's look at our software industry and let's look at our hardware industry right now if you look at our s- space program uh, you look at our nuclear program both of them have done reasonably well even through regimes where we had sanctions and you know various things placed on us it has done well now what has happened is the space industry has suddenly opened up you know there are so many startups there there is so much development you know every day happening there you know people are launching satellites privately and all of that very exciting things right software industry software industry 2024 india will have the largest number of software engineers anywhere in the world okay and this is a again a very big achievement for us you know in the 60s the first computers came all of that happened and then we had this homegrown industry that came up right whether it was infosys tcs uh, all of these and then you know uh, for example ibm you know we are also here and we've set up the research lab 25 years it's going to complete now so we're doing very deep cutting edge work in india in the software and algorithm space hardware something you know in the 50s and 60s india did build its own quantum i'm um, sorry classical computers okay we had our co- computers uh we were we were able to train some of the very best uh, you know hardware engineers but we never got to build a local industry in it right so what happened you know all these people left and uh, you know the, in india there was never a hardware industry right so a ecosystem never came up so w- what does this show us all these four examples it, it shows us that we have talent we have talent across the board okay whether it is hardware software nuclear this one that one everywhere there is great talent you know we we've, we've done a great job with education and with quantum also i have no doubt in fact i see it you know that the the enthusiasm among the youngsters is immense you know there nowhere else do you see this kind of interest right so p- kids are picking it up even school children you know we ran this nptel program 
I think about uh, 30% of them were school children, you know, 12th class students who wanted to know what is quantum computing, you know. So that's the level of interest. And um, as I said, talent we will have across the board in all aspects of quantum. But what are we going to, again, you know, be only software, quantum software, quantum applications? or this time are we also going to catch on to the quantum hardware okay and that's where you know uh, i saw your interview with uh, professor vijay raghavan um, so there are these professors who are doing a great job they're building our local quantum computers right so the hardware side they're doing it but there is no ecosystem you know i don't want this again to become that you know we built our classical computers in the 50s and 60s and then we trained people very good talent who all flew away and built other uh, you know uh, to other countries right so here is an opportunity and that and and in the software we are much better placed okay because we have a local ecosystem now all of us you know who work in the software industry know that there is you know if there is talent we know how to use it also you know there are um, various things which are happening people are looking at um, applying quantum computing already in india right uh, there are challenges there too which i'll let you know in a bit but uh, so where does this 8000 crores come in right so this 8000 crores has to so, so quantum, as you know, is not just computing. There is also sensing, materials, communication. So this 8,000 crores has to be spread across many of these things, right? Uh, so it's a tough job, okay, for the government to decide where do I put this money, right? But they, this is a great opportunity, like I said, because the talent is there, okay? Now it's for us to channel it, you know? And so... The, the, in the software space, okay, there is some amount of self, you know, uh, uh, motivation which which is driving that part because of the large population of software engineers. Also, uh, India plays a large role there because all these quantum softwares are open source. Uh, people are contributing to these softwares, and so if Indian engineers adopt it it becomes bigger right so indian engine every it's in everybody's interest to bring in the indian software engineers but it's the hardware where we need to figure out you know what is that path the government has to figure out the government announced it in 2020 but uh, so far they have you know done small things and they have uh, they are yet to you know formulate the big you know, I saw some announcements recently where they're going to set up some more hubs. There is already an iHub in uh, Quantum Technology Foundation in ISER Pune for focused on quantum. Like I said, IIT Madras just joined the IBM Quantum Network. So there is a lot of activity which is going on in these academic institutions. Now it's for, for the industry also to come in. You know, there is a chance here for industry to become you know, early adopters and gain that advantage and gain a, you know, a lead over their competition, right? And that's an opportunity now for the Indian industry. And I want that, you know, at least the public sector, some of the large companies, 
they start exploring this because as i said the talent is there it's really about channeling that talent into areas where it will bring maximum benefit i i think uh, today <clears throat> as as a nation uh, or, or uh, as an institute i think we're pretty much aware or was aware of how we could safeguard from a, a virus you know but somehow we didn't have the foresight and we didn't build up the capacities today i think quantum computing is that that tool which we need to look at and start investing now and be ready and start the, the start from the fundamental layer of understanding and build, laying the building blocks because it is the future and once we have that quantum computing which is accessible which ibm is already doing it on the cloud if more and more people more and more businesses uh, institutes they governance start adopting that i i think you will be much future safe and we won't be uh, you know saying that oh we could have done this or we could have done that uh, if if students want to start what what would be your advice to them where where can they start if they want to get into quantum computing yeah sure so today quantum computing is so i'll give you my example you know in 90 i graduated in 1991 with my bachelor's in engineering right at that time there was no computer industry in india okay but somebody had the foresight to put a computer science fortran programming all of that into our curriculum and we all learned it okay and what happened by the year 2000 when y2k and all these things came suddenly we had so many people who could program and uh, use computers and solve these problems for the world right so here was somebody you know they had that foresight that okay computers are not yet here in india there are no jobs but you know if people start learning there is an opportunity which is going to happen right and 30 years later i'm you know i'm very grateful for that Uh, opportunity where some professor also even taught us ai that time you know where very few colleges were teaching it right so th th that was a, an early start is very very important and today you know you don't have to wait for that professor to give it to you you know because i had to wait for it somebody had to tell me you know now children are so much more aware there is you know the internet as i said the quantum computer is available over the cloud you can start accessing it that time you know for our computer class we had to it, we would just be given one hour take off your shoes go into that room and start uh, programming and that's it we got one hour a week okay so that's the only time we got but today kids are not limited by any of these things you know because cloud is available you you have access over the cloud to actual resources which you can start using all the code is open source you know kiskit is open source kids can go and start learning we have it available in four indian languages today the kiskit textbook malayalam tamil bengali hindi and coming up in many more languages so there is here is an opportunity where students just have to type you know quantum computers they can get the best lectures on online kiskit you know there is a youtube channel for kiskit where there are videos available from ibm from multiple you know good speakers on all different uh, topics from starting with the basics 
to you know more complex things there is also a visual composer somebody who doesn't know how to program you can go and visually you know start using a quantum computer by placing gates and all those things right so this there is no excuse for not uh, uh, you know getting into quantum if you have that interest right so and as i said this is something which gives an opportunity not just for computer science people but for physics chemistry finance management because this is an emerging area and here is an opportunity for you to pick up something which is very very exciting which has you know uh, troubled big scientists like einstein and here you get an opportunity to use that you know <laughs> technology and do something with it how cool is that you know today i mean we have the opportunity because the internet like you pointed out it's full of educational content you know at one point of time you had to go through the process of going through an education institute spend 15 years of your life you know or 20 years of your life doing education today have you have these micro credential courses moocs massive open online courses which is available for you truly free you know people such as yourself are doing these podcasts sharing information you know so i think what today the only thing that stops a person is the desire and intent you know because if you have the desire and intent you you can reach out to people i mean learn from uh, you know peers and build out applications and you know, truly into the next computing paradigm and and create an application which could completely change the world artificial intelligence now you you have been invested in artificial intelligence and you've been doing some work in ai reasoning quantum ai and ml uh today uh we we are in a very narrow space of ai though there are talks about how gpt is, is fast going towards general uh, ai but we have uh, we we still pretty much far away from a general purpose artificial uh, intelligent uh, machine uh, algorithm uh where does your work and where does quantum computing you know the, the role of it play into making ai general you know like a general purpose uh, artificial yeah. intelligence yeah so so we are at a point where ai has reached a very interesting point where you don't have to give it all this labeled data you know lots and lots of labeled data which was always a problem for any domain right so the so in some sense the foundational models are general okay they are able to generalize to a large extent uh you know the the underlying model of the data so the more data you are able to use to create this data representation the foundational model you are able to you know do a better job okay of generalizing right and so so this is a very exciting development because it now means that you know we are headed in that direction of general ai you know these are some of the first steps that uh, you know we can say that we are taking now and now quantum comes in right quantum is as i said it's we have we have seen early evidence that it probably requires lesser training data you know to 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 train it is able to do more complex kind of you know uh, modeling of the data it is able to draw better boundaries because it's working at a higher uh, dimensional space so as a result of all this it it means that we are in for a time when ai will get accelerated because already you know in the just past 4 5 years we have seen 
you know, immense adoption of AI. AI is now permeating almost every industry, every customer you talk to is now not asking the question, do I get into AI? They're saying, I want to get into AI, tell me what I can do. Okay, so the question that industry is asking has changed, right? And that acceleration of the question is going to have, you know, it's going to happen even faster with quantum coming in, with hybrid techniques of quantum plus AI coming in. So, you know, in IBM, we say now it is the convergence of bits, neurons and qubits. You know, that's what's, that's the era in which we are now. Thank you, Doctor. Really, really appreciate it. It was a truly pleasure and honor to have you on, on the podcast. My last uh, question to you. Uh, if you had to paint a picture of what could India look like in the next 10 years or 20 years, and what would the industries look like if they start leveraging quantum computing, uh, what would you say? So I would, uh, you know, I, it's my, uh, of course, I, uh, it's my hope also that, you know, India leads in quantum. And how does it lead? One, it has the talent, you know. So talent in terms of people using quantum computers to do new and exciting things, you know. So I saw this, uh, uh, you know, the, the Japanese uh, government, I think, um, said that, you know, our goal is to reach 10 million users of quantum computers in the next uh, five years or some such uh, time they had put, because that, you know, drives innovation on its own. It takes a life of its own. Uh, you know, internet also uh, took off after 10 million users. In, in anything, you know, you see the more people come into that field, start using it, you know, one person or two people cannot visualize and implement or do any everything. It has to be many people coming in and we have to enable that for India. You know, we have to make sure through programs like yours and through education and stuff to ensure that, you know, people are getting into this field, exploring it and figuring out what are the great things that they can do with it, right? In terms of industry, I would really like our Indian, Indian industry to be the pioneers, to be the first adopters, to, to, to solve their tough problems, to look at, you know, see what are their tough problems and how can they solve it. And if we do that in the next 10 years, we would have leapfrogged by enabling our youngsters, our industry, our economy to do some of the very tough things and take a lead in the world in using this technology for, you know, for economic growth and societal benefits. Thank you. Thank you, Doctor. Really appreciate it. It was a lovely uh, conversation, uh, a complete learning conversation for me, and I'm sure it'll be for the listeners. Um, I hope the government comes together, but I think more than the government, I'm very positive about the people because I think it's it's the students, the entrepreneur community, which are <coughs> going beyond and and I don't think they are even depending upon anything they're not depending or looking up at investors or government because they are hustling the jugadu nature of Indian entrepreneurs we are going beyond and I'm sure through your inspiring words 
uh, and uh, your cloud open source of quantum computing i'm sure more and more people uh, students younger minds will will get into this this space and possibly lay the foundation of making us uh, a quantum ready for tomorrow so thank you for being part of the podcast and to my listeners if you like what you see in here then please press the subscribe button and until next time see you guys bye bye thank you dr thank Ray, you so much eddie it was a pleasure talking to you thank you so much